I just finished watching Untold, the Johnny Manziel story. I have a lot of strong opinions, and I'm coming in hot. You're listening to the What the Elf Was That podcast, an iconoclastic look at the latest Cleveland Browns news. The What the Elf Was That podcast is part of the Fanatical Elves podcast network, a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Here's your host, Joel Cade. Welcome to What the Elf Was That, and I'm going to tell you something. We got some What the Elf Was That questions to be asking today. As I mentioned, I just watched the Johnny Manziel Untold story on Netflix, and kudos to Netflix for putting together a terrific show, highlighting a lot of issues going on in Johnny Manziel's life. But there are a lot of What the Elf Was That to be asked, and I'm just shaking my head for probably 10 minutes after watching this thing, trying to think of, oh my gosh, what the elf was that so if you get a chance to watch this you should do this now just to to keep this on theme as a cleveland browns podcast i'm gonna let you know right now the cleveland browns uh make an appearance at minute 53 in this ep- in this uh show about johnny manzel um they're out of it after 10 minutes okay very short segment for the browns and his time at the browns Um, the documentary is an hour and 11 minutes long and the Browns show up at minute 53. So there's not a lot to go on with the Browns. The Browns look like they've done a pretty good job as an organization, except for they look like a bunch of blundering, dundering fools when they actually draft Johnny Menzel, but they earned that reputation because that 2014 draft, they drafted at least with their ninth or eighth overall pick, a guy they did no homework on. They didn't expect Johnny Menzel to fall. It's not clear they did homework on Johnny Manziel. And so the Browns deserve to look like an organization that was inept because at that point they pretty much were inept. So that's fair. The Netflix portrayed them fairly. And you see the Browns as an organization that kind of had a problem dumped on them. Um, they picked the problem, but it was a situation that had been long brewing before he got to Cleveland. Um, so, and also I will mention that Johnny Manziel does a pretty good job of owning the responsibility for the stuff that he did. There's no, I hate Cleveland. Cleveland's a terrible town, blah, blah, at least explicitly that he's not saying that stuff. Uh, you could kind of see it implicitly, but explicitly he's not out there saying I hate Cleveland. Um, so (laughs) it's clear that, uh, the Browns don't necessarily come off as the blundering idiots, except for the fact that they picked him. Uh, they had come out as pretty much the good guy. They're dealing with a problem they inherited. And the show really focused on Johnny Manziel and his struggles through high school, through college. Most of the documentary was on his time in college, where it should be. That's where Johnny Manziel was really Johnny football. So that out of the way, I want to start talking about some stuff that's got me kind of fired up. There's the Browns piece of it. Let's just talk Johnny Manziel for a little bit. Let's talk about the physiology of the human brain. The human brain does not fully develop until about the age of 25. Okay. This is what makes it hard to teach philosophy is you're talking about critical thought, critical thinking skills, the ability to convey and teach highly abstract and sometimes very concrete knowledge to 18, 19, 20 year olds whose brains haven't fully developed to the point where they can handle this kind of information and this kind of abstract thought, much less, you know, 
put it into action or words. So when you talk about, and I, I remember being a, a kid in college and I was, you know, listening at my day of graduation and how they honored a university professor who was stood out as a, a great leader in pedagogy and pedagogy means the teaching of children. And I was like, you know what? I'm 22. I'm an adult. I don't need to hear this teaching of children crap. You know, we should be, you know, teaching adults, not children. But in many ways, college students are <laughs> still children. Okay. Think about when you're 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, you did a lot of stupid stuff as a kid. Now imagine taking that kid, right? And giving him a crap ton of money with no rules, no supervision, pretty much allowed to do whatever the heck he wants. And what do you think is going to happen? I mean, honestly, what do you think is going to happen if you take a kid who doesn't have the set, the set, the ability to think abstractly, at least fully developed? It may start and maybe get in there, but it's not fully developed. You throw a lot of stimuli at it and overwhelm it. What do you think is going to happen? Well, that's what happened to Johnny Manziel. Okay. So I'm not going to give away the whole documentary. Okay. I'm pretty worked up about it. But the first real tragedy that happened to Johnny Manziel was the fact that when he went to College Station and he got hooked up with, oh my God, my, my next segment's going to be on them. When he gets hooked up with these people at College Station, and they blatantly exploit him for personal gain, you ask yourself, what the heck is going to happen? <sighs> so that's that's that part is frustrating me. As a parent, and let's just talk about this for a second. As a parent, if you send your kid to college, you expect that school to take care of your kid, to discipline your kid, to to honor the contract like hey my kid is going to college you're going to keep them safe because parents know you're sending your 18 year old off they're leaving home for the first time you don't know what that kid is going to do because you can't you just people don't know what's inside other people's heads you don't know what's going to happen so mr and mrs manzel are sending johnny out to college right he gets arrested something dumb gets arrested have fake idea i think is what it was gets arrested Okay, plastered, just drunk out of his mind. And the offensive coordinator looks at it and it's like, well, okay, whatever. That's our quarterback. We're just going to roll with it. They didn't care. They didn't discipline him. They didn't do the things that as a parent, you would expect the coach of a football team to do for him. His coaches, and I'm going to get to this real quick. His coaches, those people over there at College Station, let him down. They did not take care of him. They didn't discipline him. They didn't teach him how to be a man. They went out there and they were looking for money. Now, here, here's my dilemma before I get in the next segment. What is the difference between a college head coach and, let's say, the human trafficking business? A pimp. What's the difference between a pimp and a head coach? And I ask this quite seriously because what they do is they find young, impressionable, 16, 17, 18-year-old kids, promise them money, party with them, wine them, dine them, convince them to come be a part of their group, show them love, show them everything that they would ever want. They expect them to go out there and use their body, their services to generate income 
for you and for the university or for the pimp. The body is going to use the body of that person for their personal exploit, their personal gain off somebody else's hard work. Okay. I don't see the difference between a head coach right now, a college head coach and a pimp. They treat them like dirt. Except maybe a pimp disciplines their, their, their service providers. Johnny Manziel didn't even get that. So I don't know. They just kind of used him for money and that was that. So on a certain level, I agree with Manziel. People are out there making millions of dollars off your off you and you need to go get your share. So let's pay the bills here. Let's take a quick break. And then I'm going to get on to the uh, it's hard out there for pimp segment where I'm going to really kind of just let loose. So if you want to hear me go off, stick around for, for these through the commercials. And we're back talking about Johnny Manziel untold. And my basic opinion on this is Johnny Manziel got screwed. He got ground. He got entered into used ground up and spit out by the NCAA. And that the forefront of this are pimp one and pimp two. This is where you cue. It's hard out there for a pimp when you're trying to make that money for the rent. And in comes Pimp 1, Kevin Sumlin, and Pimp 2, Cliff Kingsbury. And I call him Pimp 1 and Pimp 2 because that's exactly what the hell is going on down there, right? Johnny Manziel comes in, comes into the college station, gets arrested. Pimp 2, Cliff Kingsbury's like, that's okay, he's our quarterback, we're just going to roll it out there. Doesn't address it, doesn't deal with it, doesn't anything. They just let him do whatever he wants. Then they go out and they have a game plan for the first week. And Johnny Manziel is asked to follow a specific game plan. And they don't play that well. So Cliff Kingsbury comes back on the documentary and says, well, at that point, we just decided to let Johnny be Johnny. So then Johnny Manziel goes out the next week and he just balls out, right? Just balls out. Plays, puts up 60 on somebody. Then puts up 50 the next week, and they're showing all the graphics. 50, put up 40. They go out, they beat Alabama, right? And what does Cliff Kingsbury say? Well, you know, he wasn't uh, studying his playbook, but who cares? He wasn't showing up to practice, but who cares? Menzel admits, I didn't go to practice. I didn't, I'm not going to go out there and practice. I'm not going to go out there and study my playbook. I'm not going to watch film. Doesn't do any of this at AM. And Cliff, the pimp Kingsbury, thinks this is perfectly okay. You got Kevin Sumlin on film. Well, you know, Johnny has a lot of energy. We just got to direct that in the right direction. They're not doing anything with him. They're just out there like, okay, this is our cash cow. We're going to make money off this guy. So he goes out and he wins a bunch of games for AM who just entered the SEC. And guess who runs the SEC network? That's right, ESPN. And guess who was out there running his highlights week after week after week after week after week? ESPN. And so they create this hype machine around Manziel. Do you think they're holding him accountable? There's actually a story where Manziel talks about how he's in rehab and ESPN has their guys in rental cars trying to find the rehab that he's at. They won't even leave him alone when he's in rehab. They're trying to get a story off him, still trying to make money, still trying to be a pimp off the guy, still trying to pimp money out of him when he's in rehab. It's disgusting. Shame on you, ESPN. Shame on you. 
You're disgusting. You're a damn pimp. Then we've got, <clears throat> sorry for the little rant. I told you I was going to go off. Cliff Kingsbury and Kevin Sumlin ride the Manziel train and Manziel wins the he- wins the Heisman, right? Great. This is great. And he has you know, the first freshman ever. And he's a part of the SEC. Watch the SEC network. You know, everybody's making money off Manziel. They start selling number two jerseys out of the team store. They start getting donations, start getting money. You know, one time the chancellor of the university jumps up on the screen and says, do you think it's hard to recruit professors now that, uh, now that, uh, you know, Johnny Manziel's won the Heisman. So the whole university is probably raked in about a billion dollars in, in donations and funds just from alumni and other people because A&M has Johnny Manziel. Okay. Then you've got the jersey sales, all the other things that the NCAA can do to pimping, pimping out Manziel. He's out there playing football, and they're making money off of him, just like pimps make money off of their workers. Okay? So they're out there. So Johnny Manziel looks around like any 19-year-old would do, and I don't blame him at all, and says, look, everyone's making all kinds of cash off me. Why can't I make cash? Why can't I make bank off this? Right? So he's like, well, screw it. So he starts making money on the side. Then his friend slash business manager starts lying for him. The lies just get bigger and bigger to the point where, like, Manziel's going to the draft and his agent is lying for him to try to get him drafted. Just to get him drafted, his agent is, like, lying to people about who he is, what he's about, what he's doing. And it's just has his fingers crossed. Let's just hope Manziel can stay clean up until the draft. So Manziel starts to go out there and starts to make money. I don't blame him. Okay. The NCAA, who has an entire wing dedicated to, oh my God, somebody can't make money for themselves because we're the only ones that are allowed to make money off of him, starts to investigate the situation. They start doing spin control. And if you remember, Manziel got suspended for a half a game. That half a game was a suspension. And get this, ready? This is the kicker. This is where I just about lost my crap watching the show that he was suspended not for taking money to sign autographs because they could never prove that, but for his failure to prevent people from making money off of his autographs. That's right. And if you think that's idiotic, it is absolutely idiotic. He failed to prevent people who took his autograph from making money off of his autograph. This is what the NCAA was doing, right? Here's Manziel. He's signing footballs. He's signing stuff for alumni. He's doing making appearances. He's doing everything the NCAA and AM is asking him to do. They're milking that cash cow as much as they can milk it. They're pimping him out to every place they can pimp him to, to put him in front of people to get money out of him. Just like the pimps, he's being pimped out. And they get mad and suspend him because, oh my God. You let somebody else make money off of you. You failed to prevent someone else from making money off your image and likeness. We're the only ones that can do that. Nobody else is allowed and you didn't stop them. So we're going to suspend you. That is literally what the NCAA suspended him for. It is asinine. Okay. It's asinine. It is out of control, idiotic and stupid. I know I'm loud today, guys. You got to put up with this blows my damn mind 
these pimps out there. Now, let, let's just talk for a second about Pimp 1 and Pimp 2 and what they've done with their careers. So let's talk about Pimp 1, Kevin Sumlin. I believe Johnny Manziel, and I'm going to have to look this up, is not the only player that he is allowed to come into his situation and just do whatever the heck he wants. The Browns have another player that came out of AM that pretty much just acts like and does whatever the heck he wants. Now, the difference between that player and who I'm talking about is Miles Garrett and Johnny Manziel is that Miles Garrett is able to hold his crap together. But if you look at Man's, uh, Miles Garrett's career, okay, I'm going to look this up. I'm currently looking this up. Like what years he was at AM? 14 to 16. Miles Garrett just pretty much just does whatever he wants, right? He doesn't really, he's never really been held accountable. He, he was not held accountable at AM. Yep, Miles Garrett played for Kevin Sumlin. Kevin Sumlin did not hold Johnny Manziel accountable, period, right? Didn't attempt to, didn't try to, didn't anything. As long as the cash cow was out there, they're not going to stop him from going out there and playing football and earning money. Same thing going on with Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett was allowed to do anything and everything he wanted, but he was smart enough to keep himself out of trouble or at least keep the trouble out of the limelight. But since we've seen him in Cleveland, we've seen him in a car accident. We've seen him calling his coaches out on a pretty regular basis. Former players have called him out for not being somebody who studies or works in the, in the film room. Here's another player, right? Kevin Sumlin has a track record of people who are talented, who are able to make the university money, who are able to go out and be successful, not holding them accountable, letting them do whatever they want, however they want, whenever they want, and they're not served by it. I would, as a parent, never send my kid to play for Kevin Sumlin, period. But worse than Kevin Sumlin is Cliff Kingsbury. This guy is a complete shyster. I can't believe this guy can even still be around coaching. I hope he's not coaching right now. I would run, run from anybody to think about going to go play for Cliff Kingsbury. I would stay away from it. Cliff Kingsbury did not make Johnny Manziel come to practice, make him study film, make him learn a playbook. He literally just said, okay, that's our quarterback. That's what he's going to do. We're just going to put him out there. And when he goes out there, we're going to let him do whatever he wants. Didn't call games. Johnny's out there just doing everything. You think, oh, okay, that can't be it. You know, that, that's just a one-time thing. Well, let's remember that Cliff Kingsbury also was the head coach at Arizona where his quarterback, Kyler Murray, had a clause put into his contract that he would get bonuses if he would study his playbook and study film. So you're telling me you put a clause in somebody's contract, study film, to study his playbook, but he's still doing it. He's doing it on his own. No, he's not doing it on his own. That's why you're incentivizing him to do it. That's basic economics. So Cliff Kingsbury's out in Arizona. He's got a quarterback that's just out there doing whatever the heck he wants. And what's the common denominator on this? They're making money. Kevin Sumlin got a huge raise after that first year of Johnny Manziel. Cliff Kingsbury got a promotion to go to go coach at Texas A&M where he had his run-ins with Johnny Manziel and that's well documented how he and Manziel didn't get along and how Manziel made him some money but then he had a new kid coming in named Patrick Mahomes and he thought Mahomes could make him more money and win more football games so it was bye-bye bye-bye-bye to, to Baker Mayfield and you got this whole thing rolling with Mahomes these guys are the modern version of pimps that's what it is which makes me ask the question 
you know, I come on here all the time and I'm just like, you know, these people, they're terrible, terrible. And I talk about the Borg, right? Now the Borg are just ruining the NFL. We are the Borg. Your culture will adapt to service us. Resistance is futile. Okay, so if the Borg is ruining the NFL, and I really think they are, this big fall is coming for the NFL. The NCAA is like the Queen Borg. They're like the people that can beat the Borg. These people are just downright idiots. They basically have like a slave culture going where now it's kind of kind of changed a little bit. Like you bring these people in, you pay for the room, board, and they make them play sports. They make millions, if not billions of dollars off these people. They're not allowed to make a dime, except now they're allowed to make name, image, and likeness. So they're allowed to actually sign autographs and make money for themselves based on their performance on the field or just from being recruited, as we've seen. So now it's a bidding war in the NCAA over the services of players who can enhance your university. This just gets worse and worse and worse for the NCAA. This is just college sports is probably one of the worst things morally and ethically I've ever seen. But if you read Nietzsche, right, morals and ethics are just a creation of the of the the downward lowly and pity and sympathy and fairness. These are values of the of the the last men, and they're all out there blinking and doing the last men things. And the Ubermensch is the guy that creates his own rules and his own society and his own problems. It doesn't have to live at the same rules as as the the last man. I don't know. I just think you're just a bunch of jerks. You're exploiting people with talent. And it it makes me sick, sick to my stomach to think about coaches like Kevin Sumlin out there and Cliff Kingsbury out there that use players for their personal gain like a pimp. And the NCAA is like the ultimate board of pimps. So, Johnny Manziel, let's wrap this back up with some Brown stuff. Thank you, by the way, for sticking through all my angry rant right now. The NCAA is just a terrible, terrible organization. So, Johnny Manziel, I feel for this guy. Watch the documentary. It's actually really, really good. Okay? I was just, my jaw was just dropping. Moment after moment after moment. Like, Johnny Manziel's in rehab and ESPN's got Kevin Fowler driving around trying to find whatever rehab he's in. You got his agent lying to NFL teams and they're in a room. There's a scene. And I don't want to ruin this for you, but there's a scene where Johnny Manziel and his agent are in a talking about being in a hotel room where Johnny Manziel is chugging water and Pedialyte in an attempt to get all the drugs out of his system. So he doesn't fail a drug test at the combine. And they talk about how they beat the drug system at the combine. It is messed up messed up so it is definitely worth listening to definitely worth watching but manzel i didn't have a lot of respect for you brother but i understand i i kind of get it man you were like used by a pimp you were split up chewed up and spit out by the ncaa system and now they're all trying to make themselves feel better by giving you a statue by celebrating you and all this stuff. That's not for you, Johnny. That's for them. They're trying to make themselves feel better for how they treated you while they use you like a machine, like a, like a, I'm, I'm being, I'm being vice when I say this stuff. I'm, I'm going to call them names, but I'm going to do it with the utmost respect, just like the Washington commanders owners do with the utmost respect. 
I'm going to say it, Johnny. They used you like a, a, a cheap sex worker. And, and I get you wanting to get yours. I support you with this. I've always supported players at that level. But now you're on the other side of it. Reflect. Look at what's happened. Get your head straight. Get your body straight. Get your mind straight. And, and get your life going forward. But just know you don't need those people. They're not your friends. Okay? And the Browns come off looking good. Maybe at some point you should make peace with the Browns organization because I tend to think they may help you. And uh, thanks for listening to this episode of the What the Elf Was That? I've asked that a lot today. We're part of the Fans First Sports Network. Um, kind of half think this won't make it to the air. I was trying to be nice about it. But check out some of our other podcasts. In fact, in fact, this week we are giving away two tickets to go see the Washington Commanders uh, at Cleveland preseason game that's going to happen this Friday. Um, August 11th, I believe, is when this is going to happen. So go to our Twitter slash X page, like, follow, retweet the tweets that have the uh, the announcement for the tickets. Get yourself entered. Get to that game. Go watch professional athletes with professional coaches, athletes who are compensated somewhat fairly unless you're a running back then apparently you don't get compensated fairly i don't know what that's about i've already ranted about that before check out football philosophy and rocket science we've got the johnny cleveland show we've got cleveland brown south uh show a lot of a lot of good content a lot of good content john suchan gives you the daily updates on the camp everything you need for your browns news is here and here's our discussion of of untold Great show. Go watch it. It made me pretty fired up about the way he was treated at college. The Browns come off looking pretty good, except they look like morons for uh, for uh, basically taking this guy. <sighs> All right, guys. I'll see you on the, on the flip side. Thank you for listening to the What the Elf Was That podcast. Please like, subscribe, and tell all your friends to give a listen. You can follow host Joel Cade on Twitter at The Left Guard. 